Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our friend, a product of the Lindenwood University, native of St. Louis, and the lead anchor for MLB Network, Greg Amzinger, joins us now on the morning of checking the New England Patriots have parted ways. Good morning, Greg. How are you doing? Uh, I'm sitting here contemplating when Randy Carricker is going to produce this segment. If you had to pick one to replace Ali Marmel, would it be Pete Carroll, Nick Saban, or Bill Belichick? I don't know why. But I could see Randy thinking that way because this is a unique day. I have three legendary leaders of men step down, and I don't care which sport it is, but to slant it and get it towards an Ali Marmel replacement, I could see that in your future. Greg, great thought. <laughs> great thought, man. You, you, you're a producer at heart. I am, I, I am such a fan of the person that is Pete Carroll. I think I would probably at first blush go with with Pete. He's something. He's you know, there, there's a great story about him, uh, and, and you can Google it and find it. It's by J.R. Moringer, uh, McGraw Millhaven's cousin, and it's from when Pete was coaching at USC, and he would go out at night into the inner cities in Compton and meet with young people, and they'd freak out. They'd say, oh, man, Pete Carroll's in the hood, and try to do things to help them lead better lives. He he truly is an amazing human being. I mean, that's deep. I, I would have gone with him because he's got the best hair for anybody in their 70s. Important, that's why I would have picked Pete Carroll. Yeah. Are you going to go gray when you do, or are you going to color yours? Will you go Pete Carroll, or are you going to go Tony La Russa? See, okay, I, I'm, I'm very sensitive about this. Randy, I, I, I'm watching the re-air of my show as we speak. Are you Are you seeing? No, not seeing anything. Are you seeing like the early onsets of grain? Is that, no. Is that why you're asking me Greg, this question? Greg, if, if I ever did see it, there's no way I'd say yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my kids, I have, I have a joke with them. They'll look at the side of my head and I'm like, hey, Dad, um, Hey, Dad, I think you're starting to look salt and pepper. And I go, oh, honey, I look at my wife. Honey, we got to take one and go get his eyes checked. He's there. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. Yo, I haven't noticed anything either, Greg. Just going to put that out there. I'm just going <laughs> to say that real quick. You have a great head of hair. So I do want to ask you, though, about Dylan Cease. He still remains at the top of the list of potential trade candidates for teams just seeking to have that rotation upgrade this offseason. But it seems like the White Sox are really not going to move him, and they're not moving on their asking price in a trade. Is it just more likely now that he won't get moved this offseason? We had this conversation yesterday. Daniel Dowd, uh, former GM, believes they have to move him. Uh, he, he doesn't like where he's trending mechanically uh, and, and the stuff coming out of his hand. I disagree with that. I, I, I really believe 
that he is not the 2023 version of Dylan Cease. His ERA more than doubled from 2022. He was the most dominant pitcher. I think I had a great conversation last night. Don't you worry. I was doing my best to recruit one Adam Adovino, who was moonlighting with us on MLB tonight. Uh, the Cardinals desperately need at least two more relievers. And I think he'd be great. He was drafted in the first round way back when by the St. Louis Cardinals. Count his his way with the Colorado Rockies. He's got the lowest ERA in Coors Field history. I think the Cardinals could use a veteran like that. And the way he talks about pitching, it's Granky-esque. I mean, he is a savant when it comes to this. He looked at Dylan Cease's stuff, and I think Adam Adovino might have arguably the best right-handed slider we've seen in, in ages. And Dylan Cease, that pitch was the best in baseball in 2022. And he says the shape of it has changed. It's more north-south, whereas before he was sort of sweeping it before they were giving that moniker to Sonny Gray. So now you've got a, an, an entire league that is adjusting to Dylan Cease. So he needs chase. He needs swing and miss because his fastball command isn't elite. So therefore, he's in deep counts and if guys aren't chasing, that's swinging at that slider, which obviously looks a bit different now. It's not hanging at the same eye level longer. Like he said, it's more north-south. So it's, it's dipping into the strike zone earlier than it was in 2022, um, they're not going to swing at it. Bottom line, the St. Louis Cardinals are a perfect organization. The Atlanta Braves come to mind. I don't know about the Baltimore Orioles yet. They're the team that's connected to him. But there are organizations that do a fine job of tweaking guys when they struggle in a certain category. I, I still believe in the spin rate of this guy, and I think his ability to spin it, his ability with great velo. Uh, I, I'm he's a short armor, which I I think that does lend itself to longer durability. I, I'm buying uh, Dylan Cease. If you're the White Sox, you're thinking to yourself, there are so many negative things coming in on him. Maybe what we do is we go opening day with Dylan Cease, ten starts in, he's got a 2.4 ERA, and now we're not selling while while this great asset we have has been tarnished a bit. Then on the other side, if you've got this great asset that you have to help your turnaround and your rebuild with to play with fire and expect him to not be injured, I mean, you, you really got to hold your breath and wish for the best. So I think he gets traded before opening day. I really do. But there are others that are like, man, if you're the White Sox, you got to turn this into the 2024 version of Chris Sale. When Chris Sale was traded to the Red Sox, I know Yohan Moncada did not turn out to be a superstar. But at the time, when you go back and think about how he was described, he was an untouchable, coveted, future Robinson Cano superstar. And that haul that they got back for Chris Sale was supposed to really change the course of the White Sox. It didn't happen. But when you look at how those players were described, that's what they have to turn Dylan Cease into. Greg, we all can debate on what teams should do, and in particular with the Cardinals. So I'm curious with the uh, contacts that you have at MLB Network and whatnot, and I'm sure you guys talk about it, there's the idea of going out and getting somebody, and then there's the reality of whether they will or not. So as we're about a month away from spring training, are you hearing the Cardinals are active in any of these uh, potential free agents that are still out there? Yeah, the free agent market for relievers, they're definitely dialed in. And from what I'm hearing, they're contacting uh, agents, and this is something that they really want to address. They uh, might not be interested in someone with the um, elevated price that Josh Hader has, uh, which I I think should be a target. 
to be quite honest with you, I, I'm a huge Josh Hader fan. Uh, we had a very deep conversation on Friday of last week about why he's here getting this bite of the apple. He kind of grabbed the bull by the horns and said, I'm not going to let uh, my organization use me however they want. Uh, he wanted to stay healthy for six years to get to this stage of his career. He got so fast, so good, that he was having multiple outings of – more than three outs, multiple three consecutive days of pitching. He put his foot down and said, we're not doing that anymore uh, after the 2018 season. And and it was a fascinating conversation because I remember back in the day, Dan, you probably remember this Sports Illustrated article that Tom Verducci wrote about young pitchers, starters under the age of 25, and the innings that are poured onto oh, yeah. their arm when they break into the big leagues. And it really opened many organizations' eyes to protecting starting pitchers. We have not had that conversation about relievers. And this really came to a head at the end of September when the San Diego Padres needed to win five consecutive games for their playoff folks to survive. And it was bases loaded, eighth inning lefty at the plate. Bob Melvin couldn't go to Josh Hader, who was up in the bullpen, because Josh Hader refuses to go more than three outs, and they would need him for the ninth inning. So Suarez gave it up. Bob Melvin went off. Uh, in the media after the game, and people looked at Josh Hader like he wasn't a team guy. I don't blame Josh Hader for thinking this way. And the reason I don't is I had the poster child for this issue, Della Patances, on our shelf. Della Patances had one of the greatest four-year stretches of any reliever in modern history, but he was used so many times in that way, more than three outs, three consecutive days, his shoulder eventually blew out. So Delapitanza said he didn't blame Josh Hader for putting these restrictions. If out of the Cardinals, a guy that's thinking about his health the way Josh Hader is, who is, in my opinion, on the Hall of Fame highway, we're expecting January 23rd, Billy Wagner to be elected into Cooperstown. Look at Billy Wagner's numbers through his first seven years to where Josh Hader is right now at this stage of his career. Eerily similar, more dominant for Josh Hader. I think he would be an amazing fix to this bullpen. It seems like the price of poker is coming down a bit because of his restrictions. Maybe he doesn't get an NBDS contract, which to me would make him more lucrative, more 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 uh, valuable to the St. Louis Cardinals. I think he should be their number one target and would really change the way people look at the Cardinals offseason. I said that from day number one. I mean, when you're looking at fi- filling innings, that's all well and good, but day number one, I thought – Josh Hader would be number one on my list. Number he just one. Changes, he changes the optics of the way the bullpen is. And I'm sorry, Dan, you talked about relievers, right? I have as well. They like having roles. They like it. And when there's a guy in the back end, all you need to do is point to the day where the Brewers traded Josh Hader when they were in the mix for a postseason spot. Devin Williams was furious with that. He was going to be anointed the closer. And he became one of the best closers in baseball. But relievers like to know where they fit in the food chain. And if you go get Josh Hader, there is no question who's got the ninth inning. None. Cardinals had a guy that they asked to get up in the ninth inning of a tie game. And he said, I'm not coming in. There's not a save situation here. So uh, that's another thing that you have to run into. Guys that want the numbers. There was no way there could be a save in the game. It was a home game. And uh, he was asked to come in in the ninth and said, no, not coming in. Well, real quick, real quick. Uh, If you look at the numbers, and this is a psychological thing, I don't know why. When you put a closer in a tied game in a non-save situation, their numbers are inflated. Their ERA is higher. Mm -hmm. Name the closer. 
If you look at that guy's numbers in a non-safe situation, uh, it, it's a real thing. Why would it be a real thing? Because it all comes down to money. Uh, we had a professor at Lindenwood, uh, Dan McLaughlin knows this, Randy Kirker knows this, and Glenn Cerny. Mm-hmm. And he said, anytime you wonder why in your professional experience, you ask the question, why? In this case, why do closers come and die games or non-safe situations and their ERA is higher? He would just go, the answer is always this. And he would put the dollar sign dollar on sign the up chalkboard. On the chalkboard. Uh, I disagree right. with that because there was not a more competitive guy than Bruce Suter. And the money... Uh, Bruce Sutter in his years here, it was the adrenaline. It was about the, the adrenaline of being in that competitive situation, being able to protect the lead. And I, I think definitely, maybe more so ever than ever in 2023, 2024, that's the case. But uh, Mariano Rivera was that way, right? Mariano Rivera wasn't as good in non-save situations as he was yes. in save situations. I mean, Craig Kimbrell might be the most uh, yeah. insane example. example of this. Every team gets him, they're like, ah, but we already have a close role. Put him in the eighth inning. It blows up in their face. Put him in the ninth inning. The guy's building a Hall of Fame legacy, and he's wasting bullets in the back of his mind and that could impact his baseball reference page. He wants mm-hmm. career saves. That's the stuff that we're calling through right now, and it matters. There's a ripple effect with Billy Wagner. Billy Wagner's going to get into the Hall of Fame, and he hasn't pitched a ton of games. What, what, what does this mean? This means that Francisco Rodriguez is eventually going to probably get into the Hall of Fame. might not be through the, the uh, voters but, or the writers, but it's going to be through a veterans committee. It, it means Kenley Jansen is probably going to get in the Hall of Fame. It means Aroldis Chapman is probably going to get in the Hall of Fame. It means Craig Kimbrell is probably going to get in the Hall of Fame. It means that John Franco is probably probably going to get into the Hall of Fame to a veterans committee. So all of these numbers, and by the way, there's monetary value to becoming a Hall of Famer. So this stuff matters to guys long-term. So a closer cares about a save opportunity. They just do. Greg, about a minute left. What do you think of the Cardinals adding Heim Bloom as an advisor to John Mosellock? Fascinating. I think that was a fascinating addition. Uh, anytime you bring in uh, a guy that was the guy – uh, it, it, it has a ripple effect uh, to everyone that was uh, in their current role in the front office. And I think this was a powerful message that John Mozeliak, when he does step away at the end of this contract, which he claims he's going to do, um, everything just isn't set in stone the way it was the day he announced he signed this final contract. So what I think we're two years left now for John Mozeliak. Yep, yep, 25, 25, yeah. Right, yeah. Through 25. So uh, I, I think if you're sitting in that front office and you believe that you're going to be the, the general manager of the St. Louis Cardinals or the president of baseball operations and everyone's going to move up the ladder when John Mozeliak leaves, uh, this shocked your system a bit. This was definitely Hein Bloom's name was brought up at many dinner tables of employees of that front office of the St. Louis Cardinals, and maybe it's a wake up call uh, in, in some ways that things the way they are now, the status quo, isn't good enough, and everyone needs to outperform what they've done before to ensure that they're going to be part of this journey going forward in the post Mosaic era. Greg Amzinger, you are the man. We appreciate it, and there is no gray, not a speck of gray. In I'm telling you, I'm, sta- I'm standing five inches away from my, my flat screen right now, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> i got to tell you, Greg, the, the only time I think you ever paid attention, and maybe the only time I showed up in Glenn Cerny's class is when he put up the dollar sign. <laughs> <laughs>
It may have been the only time that I, that's the only thing I remember. <laughs> that was the day you went to class. Exactly. I heard you went to class one day, Dan. <laughs> that was that it. That was the day. <laughs> Just had to check in that first day, and that was it. <laughs> that's good, man. I was also there that 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 one that one day. <laughs> have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. All right, see you guys. See you, Greg. Greg Amsinger, MLB Network on 101 ESPN.